This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome, guys, to the Macros Bodybuilding and Powerlifting Podcast. Thank you all for joining us again, and I've got another fantastic guest for you all today, and that is Andy Morgan, who is the owner and coach of RipBody.com, which is a recent change.com, I believe, um, and a good change because it makes everyone's life easier because everyone searches for .com, but it's a brilliant website. So I really want to big up that website because if you think of someone like La McDonald and BodyRecomposition.com, I want you to think of RipBody.com as a very similar website in that there's excellent how-to guides, very detailed, very in-depth. Um, they're not short articles, they're often very lengthy, but they will give you everything you could probably possibly want. Um, so that's fantastic. And I, I really think that's a great credit from Andy because a lot of people do articles and they don't give you everything, whereas Andy will give you everything. He'll give you all the value. Uh, so Andy, you coach mainly physique guys, kind of look, guys looking to get pretty ripped, which is something we're going to talk about. Um, and you've been doing that for the last five years, which is kind of really cool for me because I've been doing it just kind of almost coming up to two years, like a year full time. Um, and you're probably, you might have heard of Andy because of, well, you've been on the Sigma Nutrition podcast, Propane, Propane Fitness podcast, but also co-authored the Muscle and Strength Pyramids, which are fantastic books with Andrea and Eric Helms from 3DMJ. And also you've got your own ebook, The Last Shred, which I have read over recently, which was a really good book. Um, so is there anything you'd want to add to that, Andy? Anything I've missed? You're a funny guy as well, so I'm hoping there's some, I'm putting you under pressure now. There's got to be some comic. <laughs> coming out <laughs> anyone not watching he drank out of a funny mug so credit there we go <laughs> uh, that, that's my tribute to alan aragon and his awesome mug ah. um that he likes to bust out for the video podcast as well i just happen to have one similar <laughs> um no no nothing really to add there um the website used to be called ripbody.jp um it's now ripbody.com that's because i live in japan um, the website used to be in Japanese and English, but that was a complete failure because ripped does not translate. Um, <laughs> it literally means torn, even if people understand uh, what the word ripped would mean um, in English anyway here in Japan. Um, so I've got another website, athletebody.jp. That's, we've pretty much built that into the biggest um, fitness website in Japan um, when it comes to nutrition and training information. So, um, yeah, that, that's the reason for that. The, the, the Muscle and Strength Pyramid books, it was an absolute privilege to be invited to work on that with Andrew Valdez and Eric Helms. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, it's Eric Helms' brilliance there, uh, really. Um, I can't take uh, credit for that. Um, the, um, the writing style I've edited in some ways. I've tried to make it as, as easy and as accessible as possible. Mm -hmm. um, um, and I'm quite anal about my edits. Uh, Eric is too. Um, I wrote the draft of the training book. Um, he then promptly rewrote everything. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I added suggestions after that. And that's kind of how that went. Um, the nutrition book, which is actually probably what I know best um, or better than training mm -hmm. um, of the two. Um, 
actually that was written pretty much 98 99% by Eric and, and Andrea so it was a great learning opportunity for me as well mm-hmm. um and that came about because Eric saw uh, a free book that we put out for our Japanese readers um, in, uh, in Japan um, on training. He saw what we did with his uh, YouTube series. We took it. Ken did an absolutely amazing job. He works for me in Japan of putting that out as a free ebook oh, nice. um, to give away. Um, and really good reaction from that. Eric saw that and was like, wow, this is pretty professional. He then saw my book, that last shred one. Oh yeah, and he was like, "Okay, um, Andy can do a good job here. Um, let's, uh, Andy, uh, how about we team up together and see what we can do?" And mm-hmm. and the reaction for that book has been, has been brilliant. Um, the, if the the last shred, that book that I've done by myself, the difference is basically that goes into the uh, the fine tune adjustments that you need yeah. to make to a diet as you shred down. So. Um, my coaching, there's only one of me. I don't have any junior coaches. Um, and just too many people wanted my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote a book on how I coach, um, so that you can do it for yourself. Um, so it's how I systematically go about adjusting a diet. And that's that last shred book. Yeah. Um, how to adjust your diet like a pro to achieve single digit body fat. Um, so that's basically the differences in that book. And actually, when um, when we got a new uh, employee on the Japanese site, Naoto, who I haven't actually met him yet. He lives in Vancouver. Um, in fact, one of my clients bumped into him in the gym last week. Um, nice. He said, me and Ema, I was like, so there was a guy who was wearing a ripped body T-shirt. And I was like, what? Well, I haven't sold any of them. I've only given them away to about 20 people, right? <laughs> and it was, it was Nauto, which is awesome. Anyway, sorry, I digress. The last shred, um, that book, the book served as a training manual for Nauto, um, oh, yeah. which I hadn't actually thought of it as a training manual, but that's just how it ended up working. So, um, yeah. That's cool because that, is, that kind of leads me into my first question about the book was what makes the last shred different about... To, to other ebooks that are about fat loss. I mean, obviously, you said it's to take you into kind of those deeper, darker depths of leanness, which are just notoriously more difficult. Um, and so, yeah, what makes it especially different in your eyes to maybe the muscle and strength pyramids? What more detail do you go into? Sure. Well, I haven't actually read. I haven't actually read many books specifically about losing fat. They'll be about what is a good diet how to set up a diet yeah what is good training how do you set up your training but the important thing is not how you set it up it's how you respond to that diet once it has been set up so all of the equations to calculate your um energy needs they're based on averages of a population um so they only serve really as an, an estimation of what you might need, a start point for you. So whether that's right or not comes down to trying it and seeing how it goes. Yeah. But also you've got um, during a maintenance phase, a bulking phase, a cutting phase, your energy needs change as you go. So, for some people, when they're bulking, they will need a 
daily 500 calorie surplus, let's say, um, to net them two pounds of gain a month, mm -hmm. let's say. Um, and that's a, that. This is calculated, right? A, a calculated above what these formulas will give them, yeah. and they'll be absolutely fine on that. Some people, their um, rise in um, uh, neat. So this is their the, the fidget factor, their uh, their non-formal exercise, their propensity to move around will be completely eaten up. Um, uh, will completely eat up that calorie uh, surplus mm -hmm. when they increase their calorie intake. Um, for dieting, the reverse side, some people can get away with um, a little over 500 calorie deficit from calculation, um, and that will be fine to get them to lean out for a very, very long time. For others, their metabolism will respond. They'll get more lethargic. They don't really realize that this is happening to them. Their metabolism will adapt to an extent, as will other things. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they're not losing weight anymore, and they still need to keep adjusting downwards and downwards and downwards now. I think the, the key to this is um, when stuff stops working, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And before that, how do you assess whether it has stopped working or whether you're just being impatient? right? Or whether the criteria that you're assessing, um, whether it's working or not on, aren't really the, isn't really the right way of looking at things. So I don't believe that scale weight is alone is the best way of judging whether your um, diet is working mm -hmm. um, at all. I think it's, it's, it's a, I think you need to have many other things that you're assessing things on because the way I see it is you want to be eating as much as you can for as long as you can when you're in a cutting phase. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you're in a bulking phase, you want to do it in the way that is going to keep you leanest for longest. For most people, um, there are obviously exceptions if someone's racing into a weight category for a, a fight or a meet or a powerlifting meet, I mean, or, you know, you know whatever. Um, but for a lot of people, they want to be conscious of their fat gain. They want to do it in incremental steps. Now, this has been taken too far with um, some I mean, daily incremental adjustments of uh, reverse dieting from after a contest prep, which I think is a really bad idea. We can get into that if you want. I've chatted with uh, Alan Aragon um, uh, about this at length and Eric mm -hmm. uh, Helms. Um, yeah, it, 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 can, it can be taken too far, but yeah. you need to have a system there and the the book explains a system that I use with my clients. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I try to. You know, yeah. I can't say explain everything I know, but I've tried to put um, the system in there so that people have some objective base on which to gauge things, so that they don't overthink things and yeah. screw themselves up. No, I, I actually really like that explanation because what you're describing there is basically what me as an online coach and with my clients I go through. So they send me all my but the data or various aspects which we'll get into and then I pick and choose whether I think we need an adjustment or whether they're on track and that's why coaching I think and you'll probably agree works so well because we can be objective about things we're not thinking oh my weight's gone up one day it's come down one day oh it hasn't gone down on my weekly average from last week we can make we can look and be like oh actually you're really stressed so you're probably holding on to water or actually look in the mirror you're looking leaner like don't focus just on the scale we can find kind of ways that we know the diet is actually working quite often 
the diet does work a lot longer than people realize and they end up making mm. like you said adjustments too frequently um they either and like bulking they won't gain weight one week so they're up calories by another 500 and it's like well now you're gonna gain like a shitload of fat next week um mm. so what are some of the measurements you use to make sure that you're kind of because obviously like you said there's adaptive thermogenesis that goes on when we kind of bulk up i get really hot and sweaty and i i move loads when we diet down you get really cold and you get lazy and you get very efficient at moving so how do you track these kind of changes and make sure that you're keeping things on point you went over a lot of different measurement tools that i thought were really good in the book so i think one important thing to say here is you can't track um how someone responds to um what their um what the bump in their metabolism actually is there isn't a way that I know of of tracking that. All you can gauge is how they're responding to the diet as it currently is at their reported level of intake, assuming that that is accurate. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I hammer home is however you're tracking your food intake, be diligent about getting it right at the start as far as you can, knowing that there are going to be inaccuracies. And from there on, Keep the way that you're counting consistent. So if you've always been using this one measuring cup, keep using that measuring cup, right? Because consistency then forms the base from which the decisions are then made. So if you thought you were eating 2,000 calories and then you suddenly discover that, no, actually you're eating 2,200 or you think you are now eating 2,200, it doesn't actually matter what your yeah. calorie intake is because you're adjusting from that baseline, Right? So, um, what do I get clients to measure? That's your question, right? And what do I think that people should be measuring? Um, so, there are six, seven, eight, nine, nine different things I get people to uh, measure. In fact, I'm going to go onto my own website right now and just, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat just so I don't miss any of them. Yeah, I know, I'm um, the same. I have. I know on my spreadsheet, I know they get filled in every week, but I don't necessarily know exactly off the top of my head. I, I just, there's, there's certain points I don't want to miss. I mean, I've seen it enough times to know. But So I've just gone to ripbody.com. I've clicked on articles, the nutrition, and then under setup guides, it's progress tracking. So I've given all this away for free. Um, so basically, the first thing is weight. I get them to measure themselves every morning upon waking. Mm-hmm. and note the weekly average at the end of the week. So wake up, go to the toilet, jump on the scale. Right? You don't want to measure morning one week and then evening, uh, sorry, measure morning one day and then evening the next day because you lose water um, overnight. Um, your hydration status will change because when you're breathing, um, you lose moisture through your breath. Um, so we want the average. Um, if you're uh, cycling your carb intake, uh, this is especially important to get the weekly average um, because some days you'll be heavier than others because uh, a gram of carbs sucks in three to four grams of water-ish, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, also, your gut content is going to change. Um, how, how much you got, like, if you, let's say, you were a little bit constipated and you're only measuring once a week and then you're not another week 
and you're basing your decisions on that. I don't know about you, but I can really pander toilet and that could affect my, <laughs> could affect my, my outcome, right? So one, number one, weigh yourself every morning upon waking. Note that weekly average. Note that down in a spreadsheet or notepad or whatever. Spreadsheet I'd recommend. And you can actually download one on this article. So that'll be, what is it? Ripbody.com forward slash diet hyphen progress hyphen tracking. All right, number two. Um, so take uh, circumference measurements in nine places once a week, noting the measurements to the nearest 0.1 centimeters. Right, which sounds exceptionally anal, and I am. But these are my eyes, right? This is all I have to go on, right? Are these, um, these notes that the clients are taking me because I don't meet them in person. I work online. So I insist on this degree of accuracy because it sets them up with the idea of precision, right? And there's really no need why they can't just take it that, attempt to take it to that level, right? So the nine measurements that I get them to take are the chest, so chest and back at the nipple height, um, then their arms and legs. Um, I get them to do it at the navel, and then I get them to do it a couple of inches above the navel. The easiest thing to do that is just get your three fingers, slap it on your navel, so if my nose is the navel, so I'll do it, measure them there, and then I'll measure them under. Um, and then I'm measuring at the waist, at where you, where the bones are sticking out, is probably the easiest, so that you can be consistent. And the reason I do that is because whether you're bulking up or cutting down, fat doesn't come evenly off your body. It tends to come from the top down. Mm-hmm. So let's say when you're over 20% body fat, um, you're going to have it fairly evenly coming off the upper, middle, and lower. Um, 20% and anything above that. After that, you're going to have it coming off the, the mid and upper stomach uh, down to about mm, 13% body fat by uh, how I gauge body fat. Um, and then from there, it's going to be coming off the mid and lower down to about 10%. And then at 10%, it's really only coming off the, that lower measurement. Um, and even though you might not see change in the mirror, um, the fat's coming off your lower back. Even when you're, you can have all of your abs out, for men I'm talking about now, mm-hmm. but you're still going to have the fat on your lower back, right? Um, that can be one of the last things that come off. So that's really important. So when you're not seeing change, you're still seeing change mm-hmm. in the measurements, right? Which is really important for motivation. And I guess um, just on the, yeah. the circumference measurements, I get my clients to do mm. that as well when they sign up. And then I normally get them to do it every month, which mm. I think because of just human error i was kind of just mm. a lot of the time they, they just don't do it very accurately and i can't trust them to necessarily do it accurately because it's difficult mm. um mm. and i guess that's why you say you need to be to that that point of a decimator so they are really being precise and that's something that i might change with my clients for some of my clients because i definitely think and that often happens like the weight doesn't go down but you might see your waist come down uh, so yeah, it's just I think that's worth repeating for people because there is a big amount of human error. But if you can get really accurate with it, um, and pr- and if you are doing it every week, you're going to be probably pretty diligent with it. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah, practice makes perfect, right? So if I'm getting them to do it every week, then they're practicing. If you're doing it every week, guys, you're pr- getting practice with it. Um, I get them to get a, an Orbi tape or a Myo tape. It's called. Yeah. You can just get that from Amazon. It's ten dollars. Um, it might be. Uh, 37 pounds sterling at the exchange right now. Uh, <laughs> Brexit, right? Um, it is pretty so, bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I paid off my student loans when that happened. Boom. 
boom, happy days. I've been waiting for that one to happen. <laughs> Something to happen because the exchange rate is just, yeah, it was terrible for me. But yeah, um, anyway, uh, so th that will have, um, it will help keep the tension um, consistent every time. Um, and also when you are taking the measurements every week, you tend to see the fluctuations across the weeks. So some weeks you'll see someone stressed. Oh, yep, they're holding a little bit more water. And, you know, just I like to have as much data as I can. Well, not as much data as I can, but I like to have this data specifically. Yeah. yeah. Um, I get them to take two photos, front and side, once every four weeks. Um, I don't think the mirror is a good gauge. The lighting can mess with your head. Also, um, how you see yourself adapts. Yeah, your brain literally messes with you. Uh, mm -hmm. I forget the name. Um, visual... Uh, anyway, yeah, but there's, there's actually, <laughs> your brain actually adapts to how you see yourself, um, which, yeah, the body is just smart, right? Um, photos don't lie. Yeah. So you can hold photos next year. So the number of people that I've requested photos from, they've sent them to me in their application form for coaching, and then they've said, oh, wow, I look like this. I didn't quite really, you know, yeah, you've actually yeah. commented that, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and also the other thing you've got to remember is when you're looking at yourself in a mirror, if you're fairly close to the mirror, right, you've got that like Instagram selfie girl angle going on, because <laughs> right, you're looking at yourself from the top angling down. You know, you know that angle, right? They're yeah. trying to make their faces hide that they're fat. Yeah, like <laughs> there's also that. Yeah, so <laughs> so it can help. Um, you can help call yourself on your own shit when yeah. you're doing photos. Um, and I, I get them to do it once every four weeks, just because. Every two weeks, not really enough to see any yeah. change. Um, and I don't want them to get demotivated by that. Um, I get them also to track, and this is what I think you guys should do, track your sleep, stress, hunger, and your fatigue levels yeah. um, on a scale zero, no issues, to five. Um, and note that down every week as well with your data. Because it's kind of like you said, um, if you're stressed, you can expect to... Not always, but you might be holding on to water. Um, also, if you've got a note in there that there's a lot of stress and you see that their lifts have tanked or they haven't slept very well and their lifts have tanked that week, then you're like, ah, okay, well, you know, okay, you didn't have a very good um, week at the gym here, but let's have a look at the data. You're like, you didn't really sleep very well and you're highly mm -hmm. stressed. What's going on? Is everything okay? That's probably the reason. Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten so let's not get down about it it's just um a cyclical thing and you will be okay let's just keep moving forward right yeah um i get them to rate their adherence to the macros uh that i set them um either their calorie or their macro targets i get them to do that once a week as well mm -hmm. i get them to do that as a percentage and then i give them goals um so depending on who you work with, some people, depending, you need to use the simplest method that you possibly can and still make progress. Would you agree with that, Steve? Yeah, completely. I've, I, I track a lot of the things that you track and I've tracked other things before and it's always what the client can actually adhere and stick to and fill out that's helpful. If there's too much, they get overwhelmed, they start not doing things. 
Right, right. So, like, for, um, yeah, fuck okay. it. So, uh, for me, um, I have lost maybe four four belt holes in the last seven months. Nice work. And that wasn't because I went on a bulk and now I, and I was cutting after that is because I was stressed um, and I was treating myself like shit and I was eating shit and I, um, I, I lost my motivation for training. Um, I was in a bad place, right? Um, and then that ended, right? And then I was able to move forward. I found my motivation again, and I started treating myself better. Now, I always handled my business, right? I always, I was always mm-hmm. on point with that. But when you when you get in, there's only so much willpower that you can have, and when you're getting hammered from this one thing that you've got absolutely no control over, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in that kind of situation. You're just like, oh, right, and, and you just sometimes you can not end up treating yourself very well, mm-hmm. um, and, and I didn't. Um, and then when that was gone, then I started treating myself better. So what did I do? Did I break out my measuring tape? Did I start counting my macros and calories? No. Because I didn't need to. All I needed to stop doing was stop eating those cakes, start going to the gym regularly, stop making excuses, start making healthier food choices. And I've done that now for seven months and I've come down. Um, You know, I'm I'm leaner, I'm fitter, I'm I'm nearly back to my best shape. No, I'm not not there, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now in a good place. And... To improve from here, I'll probably need to start adding some tracking elements. Yeah. Right? But the point being, do the simplest thing you can to get progress mm-hmm. first and then go in. Now, I'm more of a special case because I kind of know what I'm doing anyway. Yeah. Um, and some people won't. But, you know, there are definitely situations where people come to me and I'm like, you know what? You don't need to hire me. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is this. Try this. See how that goes. Right? Um. Yeah, so I just wanted to throw that out there. No, that's a nice thank you for sharing that with us because I think it's important, not only like coaches ourselves, we go through these points in our lives where everyone goes through it. We're all human and it's just human nature. And it's a good example because, yeah, the people who are really overweight, who are not doing any exercise and are kind of eating way too much, they can just, like you said, just clean up their diet, start doing some exercise. They'll start seeing fantastic results without having to be overwhelmed with tracking protein, carbs and fat and everything which can be overwhelming and then when you do need that next level like this book is for the people who are trying to get to that next level really trying to get lean they probably do need to to do all these things you're saying and track these inside and out yeah yeah but if if that isn't you then yeah you don't need to go that far and i would recommend that you don't buy that book because it's really detailed so um but i do hope that you take some good points away from this conversation. That's really why I'm, why I'm here. Um, yeah, the, 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 another thing I get them to track. Uh, okay, so so how you rate, how I get them to rate their adherence depends on what level 
um, of uh, anal I'm going for with them. Some of them, they only get a calorie and a protein target. Um, most of them get a uh, protein, um, fat, and um, carb target. Yeah. Um, that might be to within 20 grams on the protein and carbs and then 10 grams on the fats. Or for the next level, it will be to within um, 10 grams for the carbs and protein and 5 grams for the fats. And, you know, you need to um, go through phases of that. You cannot be 100% on point at all times, which is why I've got the percentage. And if someone messes up, they mess up. Mm -hmm. I don't beat them down. And you should not beat yourself down um, if that's the case. So a lot of people, they've gone off their diets over uh, Christmas and New Year. But how many more Christmas and New Year's are you going to have in your life? 30, 40, 50, 60? Done. Dead time over mm-hmm. right your body we are not the product of what we did over christmas and new year mm-hmm. it's what we do the other 95 percent of the time right so that's why i have the those accuracy targets in there right mm-hmm. um then the other things i do i get them to rate their training adherence so if they're training adherence like how many workouts did they actually attend yeah right um and if that adherence rate is is going down then we need to um consider adjusting their training so if if you've got a training plan that you've downloaded from bodybuilding.com right uh and you're like i'm absolutely gonna nail this this is exactly the one for me and you can't stick to it well then you need to adjust it yeah right you need to either take some of the exercises and throw them into five days or four days, or you need to get a different plan or build your own, which is what we kind of try to teach people in the muscle and strength yeah. training pyramid, right? Um, that's why I have that one in there. Um, and then this really, like if you've got objective data saying that, yeah, so I only hit 75% of my workouts for that month and you're not progressing, well, then instead of now looking for top tips for how I improve my bench, right? And you're breaking out, I won't mention book names uh, that I don't like, so. <laughs> so, because um, people will just go download them, won't they? So anyway, um, so instead of then going for the, looking for these articles, actually, you can see for yourself, which you may have forgotten in that moment of anxiety, like, oh, well, shit, I didn't even turn up for 25% of my workouts, yeah. so. That's clearly my problem, right? Again, it sounds so obvious, but it's so easily missed when it's not staring you in the face. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Then, like, I get people to keep summary notes of all of their lifts. Cool. Um, So there's two ways I get them to track their training. One is they log everything except Mm -hmm. warm-ups. I have that on a separate tab in the spreadsheet. The other um, way is I get them to keep summary notes. I choose... Actually, I'd like to get them to choose four to six um, what I call key lifts. So these are barometers of progress. And then I'll give them on that one side of the sheet with the rest of their data, not all their training plans I'll have. They have to choose. Are they progressing? Are they not progressing but feel recovered? Or are they not progressing and not uh, feeling recovered? Okay. So this is it's not ideal. Um, It's not bulletproof. Oh, no. It's not foolproof. Um, it's not foolproof. Bulletproof coffee isn't a thing in the UK, is it? No, it is. It's a big uh, thing. 
Yeah, yeah, don't do your bulletproof coffee, guys. <laughs> Side note, no, yeah, sorry. don't put butter in your coffee. Unless you like the taste and it fits your macros, then, you know. And you feel good on it, and you're getting regular blood checkups and making sure that it's not spanking your blood lipid profile because heart disease oh, is real. Yeah. yeah. And even if you feel good, still probably don't want that blood heart disease. Um, Spencer Nadolsky, Dr. Spencer Nagolsky, has some good stuff on that. I actually did a podcast and um, we talked about that topic. Um, anyway, where was I going? I was saying. Yeah, summary notes. So they've got a choice, progressing and recovered, not progressing, recovered, and not progressing, not recovered. So if they're progressing and recovered, happy days, leave things as they are, generally speaking. Not progressing, recovered, that says to me they can probably add in a bit of volume nice. to then get them progressing again. Not progressing, not recovered, well, maybe they're um, overly burdened and we need to cut back the volume. Mm -hmm. And that could be a function of stress in their lives, insufficient sleep, um, Whatever, like you need, they need to have a look at all of these variables that they've now got in the sheet, which yeah. is in front of you week on week. And that system, I guess we could call it, helps, helps you to, helps, will help you to make decisions more objectively so that you don't screw yourself over. Mm -hmm. No, I really like That's that. And uh, it's, it reminds me of the quote I actually tweeted was from your book without data you are blind which is mm. as as a, someone who does what you do like the online coaching i need all of that data and i need their feedback um it's completely true like a lot of the time if, if they don't fill things out it's like I can't, I can't really help you if you haven't filled what i need um, and the same with people who are doing their own coaching for themselves if you are coaching yourself you need to be objective about things you can't just kind of try and do everything and just hope it works kind of and hope what you're doing sticks you need the data there's pretty much one time i bring down the hammer and that's when people screw me over with the data because i say it to them very clearly up front that i need the data and if you don't give me the data you're paying me and not giving me what i need to help you yeah so don't waste your money in my direction i'll work with someone else who's going to use the knowledge that i'm giving them right so, and I, I can get a little bit you know upset but that's basically the only time you know if someone can't adhere to the training if someone's struggling with the macros you know that's it there's a time to kick people up the ass and there's a time to you know be you know talk talk them through it like um sometimes people need carrots sometimes they need sticks right and it's it's the same when you're assessing yourself and your own progress do you need a carrot right now or do you need a stick right now? Do you need to give yourself a break and you're doing your best? Or actually, objectively speaking, are you, are you really doing your best? Mm -hmm. right. mm. Yeah, it's hard to do that when it's just you looking at your situation, but the data will help you to do that. That's kind of one of the benefits of hiring a uh, fantastic coach such as yourself, Steve. Right? <laughs> No, and you're you're right in that we as that I mean that's a good point that you even made, and we were going to touch on this later. In terms of people looking to choose coaches, everything you identified there, your coach should be at least doing like fifty percent of that. If they're not doing fifty percent of that, you need to kind of find a new coach because without that information, we can't do our jobs because we don't we don't see you. We can't actually 
go and like sort you out and we don't know what's going on in your life we we can't hover over you and i know eric helms has even talked about this he's had a few people he's even worked with that he's had to mm. let go because he can't help them because he can't oversee everything they're doing um so i think often and the something i think is really important is the accuracy that you talked about the adherence to the diet in that i'll sometimes get people who give me their macros but then their kind of accuracy has been like a score two and it's like well that data there might as well not be there because your accuracy is a two, which means it's not great. And then I'll look through their spreadsheet and be like, every week you've been more accurate, we've seen much better results. So there's kind of causation and correlation, but it's obvious to me then that they, we need to get that accuracy up. And that's probably something I personally struggle with with my clients the most is making sure they are accurate. And I think you touch on it in that when you do start using macros, when you do start trying to track things, it's important to be really accurate because you don't really know what a kind of cup of rice has in it or what a cup of rice even should look like or whatever it might be. Whereas once you've done it and then you go off it, it doesn't matter if you try and guesstimate it so much because you're much more accurate just by default. Yeah. And like everyone wants a quick fix and that's the, that's the problem, isn't it? Like you, the best thing anyone can do before their diet is Go to MyFitnessPal or MacroGenie or any one of these things. MacroGenie, wait, FitGenie? What's Fit uh, Genie, Eric Helms? Yeah. FitGenie. Fit ah, ah, sorry, Eric. Now there's uh, yeah, going to be a new one coming Genie. out. <laughs> MacroGenie starting. Wow, well, I wish I had that kind of power. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody send me $10. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the best thing that people can do really is not change their diet and just whack everything they're eating into a macro calculator for two weeks. And then you get to know what's in foods because what's in a chicken breast, right? We know this. It's bloody obvious. But it's not obvious for some. Mm -hmm. What do you mean rice has protein? Really? Right? Oh, okay. We know this because we've put that into a macro calculator. But mm -hmm. most people, that will never even cross their minds, right? So that's the best thing that people can do. But, of course, they don't. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so one of the requirements, I mean, um, to take people on for coaching is, I need them to have macro accounting experience and I need them to have training experience. And I will assess based on their lifting stats and general feeling of how they write to me, whether I think that they are going to be able to execute the training plan that I'll present to them. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't think they will, if I don't have the confidence that I will, I won't take them on. And yeah. I'll just tell them that. I'll be honest, I'm sorry, but I think you don't have the level of training experience that I'm after. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I don't think I, I'm not I'm not confident that you're going to be able to do it right, and therefore I don't want you to waste your money. So I'm not going to take your money. Mm -hmm. um, and then when it comes to the macros, if I'm going to give them the calories and macros, and they have no idea of counting, well, it's not really fair to them. Um, I I mean I have really detailed guidelines. Like you know me, you've seen my website, you've seen the level of detail that I write in, mm -hmm. right? The the, the coaching's like that. Yeah, that's why I don't accept emails from smartphones because you try reading the emails that I write to people on your smartphone, it's not going to go well. You need to be able to refer to it, right? So you need a bigger screen. Um, I can give people simplified rules and I can give people counting guidelines, but really they need to get some experience first so that they have a hope in hell of getting it right. And then if they're going to pay me for expensive monthly coaching, hundreds of dollars a month if they're going to spend on me, why not just get two months experience and mail me then? Mm -hmm. Right? Because if they're not happy, I'm not happy. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I want to sleep well at night. You know? I, I Sorry, agree. Went, no. on rant, went on a rant. <laughs> no, I, I, I completely agree. It's kind of like um, getting your training wheels. I, I think my, uh, Eric Helms talked about it in that kind of, that when you are using, like they can get a meal plan maybe, set themselves up on a meal plan, use that as training wheels and go from there and then come up and they can speed through the progress because they've got that education behind them and they can do much better. It's kind of like higher level, like you do your, you do a bit of English and maths at, like preschool then you go into secondary school and you like you progress and get more and more detail and if you want to take that university it's really tough stuff but you've got all that backing behind you you're not going from like really young and trying to do your kind of GCSEs and then pass that into university or whatever it might be people are doing um Mm. so yeah the having a background of knowledge especially for online coaching anyone who is looking to get that is it's essential because we can't really teach people and well I don't specialize in it and I don't know anyone online who can really specialize in teaching people how to count macros. There's guides online like yourself on your website that do it for you and that do that, then kind of practice it and then come for, look for a coach. I think you could put together some, uh, like I've got a simplified rule, rule framework that I give to clients and then some example templates, not legally allowed to give meal plans, nor mm-hmm. would I actually want to give meal plans because... For a diet to be sustainable, it needs to be foods that they make fit their preferences, right? That the macros, um, they need to choose foods that fit their macros, that fit their preferences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be possible for someone to put together some videos of them in the kitchen, actually, how they actually count. And maybe that's something I'll do in the future. Yeah. Um, in fact, now that I've said it, I'll probably do it. <laughs> I'll get a videographer in. Um, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> but, but. Again, if someone's struggling um, with that and they're in the email and their question is, okay, well, how many grams of protein are there in a chicken breast? And it's like, well, you know, this is not an efficient use of of my time or yours, really, because this isn't what I specialize in. Pay me for my speciality, right? And what I specialize in is assessing whether you need a change to your training and your diet to get you on towards the goals that we mutually agreed on before you actually became a client. Mm -hmm. That's my speciality, right? So got to stick to our specialities, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's when you get happy clients and job satisfaction yourself. That's also like if you're an aspiring coach yourself, that's where you can charge more. right? So if that's what you're really good at, if that's what your niche is, then, you know, don't try and do everything. Yeah. I think I just want to come back a little bit because we'll get on to more of the coaching stuff um, in a minute. I just want to get back to, and I know you like this article from uh, Brett and James where they talked about the individual difference. And I know you touched on it in your book as well, where kind of, well, actually you had case studies. So you had different people with different results and there was loads of individual differences. Um, And I just thought we might be able to talk about individual difference in fat loss whether like someone who's a bit fatter can lose weight quicker someone who's a bit leaner takes right they have to lose at a slower rate of pace um those sort of things if if you want to touch on that if if you found different people kind of they respond differently like people have different stresses in their lives some people see linear weight loss on the scale some people they have kind of surges up but they have weight waist measurements down Uh, what have you because you've worked with over kind of hundreds of people now so yeah, you must have seen almost everything hundreds think we're, we're over a thousand wow yeah um 
since I reformed how I work um, in, say reformed, I mean, I didn't get complaints. Uh, since I started, basically, it was, I took 2015 off to write books. Um, I then, um, I stopped coaching um, completely. Um, I took 2015 off to just have space and that ended up in me ended up writing the books and then um and i started the coaching again um in a way that just i wanted to really think of how i could improve every little thing about it yeah um and then i put my price up i stopped giving people a 12-week limit so i used to be like 12 weeks that's it you're done hmm. right and i won't take you on again and that used to be my sales point and like, I'll give you everything you need. But really, you, you can try and give people everything they need, right, in 12 weeks. But some people want to go through it more. And I was very resistant to having people take, uh, hire me again. I didn't always say no. That's a bit of an exaggeration. But yeah, so, so now I have it on a monthly basis. Yeah. Um, people can hire me for as long as they want, um, as long as they're not wasting my time. Because they're not, you know. Um, yeah, sorry. So, lost my chain of thought. We're individual differences. Some people can um, can some people lose fat easier than others. Can some people gain muscle easier than others, or get fatter versus the muscle gain? That's the question. Yeah, have you seen so, it? Have you seen mm. that kind of clearly? Have you had some people that just take on to weights really well? Other people who just seem to struggle. Uh, even though they're doing everything possibly right. Do you see that? Because you've worked with, like you said, a lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I wish I had all of this data connected, mm. but they're in individual spreadsheet files. Actually, Greg Knuckles asked me for that, and I told him they're all in individual spreadsheet files, and he's like, <laughs> ah, I think if I had them in Google Docs, that might there might be something, but it would be a fantastic pool of data because I yeah. don't know anyone else that has been doing it in the same level of, Mm, you know, pickiness, let's say, uh, preciseness. Uh, yeah, just, um, uh, fuss pottiness um, for so long. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. But before I answer this, I, I want to call you out on your bullshit here. Um, so, what? Who did you interview earlier in the week? Uh, James Creek. Well. You interviewed James Krieger, right? Let's stop there. Okay, question two. What did I say to you in Facebook Messenger, right, when I heard you were interviewing James Krieger? Because I interviewed him uh, earlier in the week as well. What did I, last week it was. What did, it, what did uh, I say? You said bring up this article. Bring up this article. What were my exact words? Oh, gosh. If you can remember them. <laughs> I, think, I think it was probably, you're an effing idiot <laughs> if you do not ask James Krieger and make the podcast about this article because it's brilliant. So now, instead of actually making it about that article, you're just deciding to bring it back to me <laughs> to talk about he's and Brett. Now, bearing in mind that Brett and Krieger, they're pretty much... Uh, genius level dudes um, and you're, you're bringing it back to little old Andy to explain this article I, I say that's not fair Steve Hall I, that you, is not fair did you listen to the podcast that you put out mm. 
No, I haven't had a chance yet. Uh, did you did you talk about it? Are yeah, you gonna call did. me on my show? No. Yeah. Uh, is, all right, all right. <laughs> it came okay. up. Okay. All right. So I apologize. It wasn't specifically all about the article though, so you are right in that regard. We talk mainly about muscle. <laughs> Well, uh, you know what? Fantastic. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you, you did do that. Um, good, because that, that is a brilliant article. So there are different people are different. Sounds obvious, but different people are different. And some people are going to respond better to certain types of training than others. Some people are going to respond better to a calorie deficit than others. Some people are going to respond better to a calorie surplus than others. Some people definitely, definitely have a harder time dieting than others. And when someone comes to us and they, um, they're like, okay, well, how quickly can I lose body fat? Well, technically, you can lose it at this as long as we keep reducing the calorie intake in line with how your metabolism adapts. But some people, their metabolism is going to adapt harder, mm-hmm. more Others are going to have it way easier, right? So some people are going to really have to suffer to lose the weight than others. Now, if you're inexperienced as a coach or if you're doing it for yourself, I don't know, let's say if you're inexperienced as a coach, you might say, this is the method I used. It's absolutely the best. It's worked for my five clients. Boom, 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 right? Brilliant system, okay? Well, what about when you get this person who's you know, genetically a little bit screwed, um, what are you going to do then? Um, if you're, you're, you're you and you're copying um, the diet of um, Mr. T, um, <laughs> then, you know, and it doesn't work as, as, as it works for him, right? But he looks like you and he's built like you and he started off at the same level of body fat. That's because you are different. You have your own metabolism. You have your own way of adapting to that, right? You might just have to suffer more. Mm-hmm. Sadly, you know, that's just how it is. Um, now, when it comes to the other way around, can some people build muscle easier than others? I don't think there's any question of that. We've all been to a gym. In fact, basically, if you're listening to this podcast, you are someone that doesn't have it as easy as some other people. You're listening to this because you're hungry for information, right? You want to grow like the guy who appears to go to the gym, only do bloody bench and biceps, and still be friggin' jacked. And you're like, what is that about? And that's because he's genetically blessed. He's a lucky bastard. And we're not... We have to train our asses off. So he will have a thousand calorie surplus or whatever. He probably isn't even tracking it. And (laughs) two thirds of that surplus will be muscle and a third will be fat. And then when he comes to dieting and it tends, they tend to go hand in hand when he diets, his metabolism doesn't adapt as much. Mm -hmm. He finds it much easier to lose fat, right? For some people, it's, it's just, that's not the way it is. You need to gain Oh, it seems that you need to gain two pounds of fat for every pound of muscle Mm -hmm. that you manage to put on, right? And you can adjust your training variables and get um, make sure that your protein timing is absolutely right and get shafted by um, the supplement companies and take XYZ when the truth of the matter is that pretty much creatine aside the only thing that makes a difference is 
stuff that's not called supplements it's called drugs um, which you definitely don't want to do because you'll stuff your endocrine system um, potentially um, the truth is you just you're just unlucky right and you can do you can put all of the blocks in your favor and that's what we as coaches try to do we give everyone the pieces and then it's just down to luck yeah so when someone comes to me or you and they say how much muscle can i grow to fat and it's like well i don't know on average this yeah you're maybe you'll struggle right maybe you won't get that but if you have a mindset and a belief that you will get that be optimistic because mind has a powerful effect on the body. Yeah. You might get better than that average. You might not. Mm-hmm. But can't guarantee your results there. So that's one thing you have to bear in mind, guys. Like you look at a guy in the gym and you might look at his training and you're like, well, that bloody hell. Like he's just messing around. <laughs> like, like uh, ah, right. And then, yeah. of course, all of the new guys in the gym, they'll go over to the big dude and they're like, oh, well, how did you do this? And it's really the yeah. worst thing they could do. Um, because the odds of him actually having a busted his balls for years to get where he is versus just that he's genetically blessed, that's small, right? So, yeah, that's just something that you need to bear in mind. You need to focus on being the best you. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. And, yeah, I think I think the genetic component, even for myself, it's only really become a real realization in the, the last, like, three years or something where I was just like, okay, it's actually really obvious why that person's really jacked, but doesn't really know anything. I think it's similar with coaches as well, because there'd be some coaches who just end up having all the genetically blessed people and they don't necessarily know how to actually coach them, but they, they know how to draw them in and then just keep them doing okay. And that's, I guess, as a coach, that's frustrating to see. Um, But as people who are training, yeah, you do definitely see those guys in the gym who just seemingly don't know what they're doing and there'll be people most people will be around the average but it is average and it's just like you said with the the calorie calculations they're on averages so you you might have had this i've had clients come to me and be like why am i maintaining on 2500 calories when this calculator says i should be maintaining on 3000 calories as well it's a calculation it's you've got real data that tells us that's not happening and the same with like rates of muscle gain and everything i don't think i think it they're helpful as a guide, but like you said, they're just a guide. You might not be able to achieve that. You might be able to achieve more than that. And it, you can only do what you can do. And as you said, you're a coach, I'm a coach. We try and give our clients the best possible things that they could have to take them towards their goals. And there's nothing more we can do. And if they're not satisfied with their results, they can always try and find someone else or they can accept that that is, they're doing everything they can. Um, yeah. And it, sometimes it, it's hard to bite the bullet. I know myself, I, I find it hard because I, I just want to grow so much muscle. I want to be the best, but you just, you have to just be, okay, you're, you've improved. Uh, and it just, it does. And especially as you get kind of intermediate and then as you get advanced to, to try and get advanced, is really tough. And then people mm. kind of slack on it and they become inconsistent because they're not seeing the results they u- used to see or they want to see. And that's what kind of stops them. Whereas if they just kept going, they focus on the process, which you also touched on in the book, which I think was really important rather than kind of just focusing on all these individual variables. And again, not comparing against other people is an important aspect of that. Yep, absolutely right. Yeah. 
So if you've actually got a bit more time, Andy, I'd yep, love no to potentially split this into two and we can pause this one here and then get to a bit of one more specifically talking about coaching, looking for a coach, um, a bit about the mentoring and kind of a bit about your website, uh, lessons you've learned over the last five years and the kind of lessons for future coaches who maybe want to get into the industry or guys who are a bit newer to it. Sure, I, I can actually, I can give you the two minute version for guys who don't want to then jump onto the next podcast. Oh, I shouldn't have said that for you, right? You want the extra <laughs> click now. Um, no, we're, we're, I'm happy to go very, very deep into that. Um, but what I would say is when you're looking for a coach, look for someone that obviously cares. You're not necessarily going to have the knowledge yourself um, to judge whether they have the knowledge that you need. But look for someone that very clearly cares. Are they answering their comments? Are they getting back to people? Are they putting out content consistently? Is their writing of high quality? Are they bothering to check their spelling mistakes when they're putting stuff out? Are they getting the small things right? Because people I find that tend to take care of the small things, they take care of the big things, mm -hmm. right? So that's what I'd look for in a coach. Um, and when it comes down to building your business, um, as a coach, I would just say, again, why is someone going to, if you want to be online, right, why is someone going to hire you? Why? Like, you're a guy who's online in maybe a different country, um, and you're, you're asking them to pay you hundreds of dollars. What are they going to do if you run off with that money? Well, you need to clearly display that you're not the kind of guy that's going to run off with that money. Right now, unfortunately, I've been in a position where I've answered comments pretty much within a day or two days, 15, 16,000 of them for five years. People know I am not going anywhere. Um, how can you show that you're trustworthy? How can you display that you care? You show that you're trustworthy and you show display that you care by caring mm -hmm. and by being trustworthy. And when you say you'll do something, you always, always do it. That's the reputation you want. Some people will be pissed off. That's okay. But people will get the message that you are a man of your word or woman of your word. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, we're, if you guys want to hear more about that, please get into the next podcast. Thank you all for listening to this one and yeah, we'll see you soon.